Hey friends, Andy Jenkins here with the Warrior Hope Podcast, where every single episode, here's what we do. Quite simply, we connect warriors to their next mission. You served a mission in the past. We believe there's a mission for you right now. Here's the most common obstacles that we see to hindering that mission is number one, isolation from each other. And number two, unresolved hurts, the unprocessed pain from the past. If you don't deal with it, it'll just resurrect itself. It'll, as many people attest every single week when we talk with them, it will continue coming back up. Here's why your mission matters. Number one is we believe that you personally, you have a purpose. You were created by God for a unique purpose that only you fulfill. And also notice the second point there, there are people who are going to be affected by you finding healing and then also walking in that next mission that next mission and the group of people that you help are going to include first of all your family second of all your friends also don't forget about this one fellow soldiers fellow warriors fellow service members these are the people that had your six in the past they have your six now you still have theirs you need a form you need a platform to walk that out so find the healing from the past and then walk into that next mission now today i've got a special guest every single episode there's special guests but this episode i'm speaking to a mother of a soldier and she really brings this unique insight to it so often when we talk about deployment we tend to talk about how that affects either uh, the warrior themselves or how it affects the spouse of a warrior. We often don't look in terms of how this affects siblings, uh, how this affects parents. Um, but today, Danny Rocco, who has actually written a book, uh, she's a podcaster, she's a life coach, she's an author. She's written a book devoted to a soldier, which is about her life living this out as a mother uh, of a son who is deployed. And she talks about their triumphs, she talks about their struggles, all of that. And she's really gonna bring some unique tips to you in this situation right here in this episode. Uh, here's what I wanna do before we roll right into that is I wanna make note of this shirt. Now, uh, this is one every single time uh, that we have an event. This is the Freedom Tour. Every single time we have this event, Chris Turner headlines it. It's always done, uh, really, at a local VFW, at a, it's a Veterans of Foreign Wars, uh, at a DAV, Disabled American Veterans Outpost. It's done in context with an American Legion. It's done somewhere where we use this Freedom Tour uh, as a means. Chris, a, a Marine, he gets up there and he has a show. Uh, he talks about his story a little bit. And then also, uh, he invites people to get some more information about a Center of Hope group that is either just started or is about to start in that area. Uh, we do this in conjunction with some of the training events that we have, uh, really using this as the platform to get out there to let people know, hey, if you want help to find healing and you want help to find that next mission, here's a way for you to do that. No pressure, uh, but just here's an opportunity. And, and by the way, in the process of learning about it, you're also gonna have fun. You're also gonna hear some great music. You're gonna connect with some other people who have really been there, done it, have the t-shirt in terms of the past as a warrior uh, that you have. And so that is really what the Freedom Tour is. I'm gonna put a link down in the show notes where you can grab this shirt uh, about the Freedom Tour. This helps sponsor some of the events that we do with and for veterans. Uh, also, uh, you can listen to the episodes that I've done with Chris Turner about this Freedom Tour, uh, which is uh, 
mention this because we were at a freedom tour and Danny was there uh, recently, which is what led to this conversation. Anyway, here we go. Let me cue it up. This is my friend and the mother of a soldier, Danny Rocco. Danny, uh, I uh, first time I saw you, we were actually recording uh, a live training session. I was at the Boondocks in Tennessee, where we had just mm-hmm. started working with the veterans of foreign wars there, and we were training certifying leaders. And you, Travis, a few other people jumped on remotely, and we were actually walking through the Warrior Hope curriculum uh, with several of you that were kind of in the room, but only in the room virtually. Um, and then, of course, after that, we got to know you guys and more about what you're doing with veterans. Um, thank you so much for hopping on the Warrior Hope podcast. Tell me a little bit about your story, why you're involved with veterans. And then after that, I want to talk about some of the work that you're doing, because you, you're doing a lot. You're on social media all the time talking about this stuff. And so uh, let's start right there. Just your story. What's the draw for you to serve in this area? Well, my son, there's something about when you have children that change your life. And I had my oldest very, very young. Like, I'm that statistic. Anybody out there that you think of protection, everything they tell you nowadays, okay, it doesn't work. FYI. Um, So I was blessed with a beautiful baby boy in my teenage years. And when he graduated, he decided that he was going to join the Marines. Um, which I knew, like in, in ninth grade, he knew he was going to join some sort of service. And it just so happened yeah. ROTC Marine based in his high school. And that's kind of where he went. Well, you think, or at least I did, I thought like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm so proud of my son. But it's not only did it change him, but it changed me. It changed our family. We come from a very big Italian family. And so I watched my son kind of go through this process of becoming a Marine, you know, going through boot camp going off to deployment, receiving him home, doing it again and back. And I slowly saw this little nugget of a baby change. And I'm like, holy bejeebas, if he's changing and he has this big support system, like this huge Italian family behind him, what about everybody that has nobody? Or like, it just started to click to me about what you always hear about men and women that are in the service that it does change them that sometimes they become withdrawn and then you get into him not re-enlisting because his body failed on him he thought he was going to be in a marine his whole entire life and you know retire after 20 years and his body was like nope and here he is 24 25 maybe at that time um you know lost part of his hearing the Discs in his back started to fuse. You know, he just wasn't blessed by God with a body that could stand infantry for 20 years. And it crushed him. He was like, I'm a failure. He just went down this really dark um, hole. And so I, and, and that just pushed me to take my relationship coaching. Cause that's, you know, what I, that's your primary thing. Yeah. You're, you're a I do. We won't get into all of what I do, but that is one of the things that um, that I do. And um, and it pushed me to kind of focus into that, write a book about the military and relationships and help as many people that I can out there, whether it's just giving them a voice or, you know, being that relationship piece for them. Okay, so tell me, let's let's back up. One of the books that we actually have at Crosswinds is Hope for the Warrior Family. And we talk about what happens when a soldier comes home. Uh, any any 
type of military comes home, how that affects the entire family dynamic when someone comes home. We typically think of it in terms of um, just a, a spouse or, uh, you know, yeah. partner. But what we've seen recently with some of the recording that we've done with documentaries is that a lot of times siblings are radically affected, parents are affected, you know, things that you don't typically think about. Talk about a little bit of the changes you saw in your son as he goes off and some of what you're catching on snapshots from boot camp, you know, all of just talk me through that process a little bit of what, what you're seeing. Cause you're seeing, it sounds like uh, a baby become a man during that process. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would say the biggest highlights were, you know, after boot camp, he was almost like this skinny, like cut railed robot. I remember like it was yesterday hugging him, you know, right at his graduation afterwards. And he was just like, like there was no like receiving hug back. And you know, this is just one, this is my son. He's very, he's an internal guy to begin with. He's a loner. Yeah. He could live out in the woods with just him and his dog and you'd be completely fine. So here I am and I'm not, you know, the kid that would embrace me and be like, mom, I love you. He was just like, mm. I was doing all the hugging. I was doing all the loving. Like I didn't even care at that time. Um, and then, you know, when I would send him off to uh, to a deployment, it was, you know, he was just kind of Jake, the new, the new tough Jake. And when he came back and they, you know, they get to come home for two weeks, I would start, he was just, he was very reserved. He had zero tolerance for like what I just see, think is normal life out here, you know, and um, I then I would start to see this laughing kind of guy about two weeks, you know, right at the end of his two weeks mark. And then he was, you know, I was sending him back down to Camp Lejeune. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell, the yeah. the change that I saw. It was, it was this emotional role. You could see the emotion on his face because he sucks at lying if you're like his mother. I'm like, you are so full of crap right now. You know, you are so hurting right now. You are in so, um, so yeah, so that was a little bit of it. And then with his brothers and, um, his sister, they just didn't have, I don't want to speak for them at all, but they were just like, Jake's so quiet, or I don't know, he might go and yell at this person, or, you know, his younger brother just pretty much cried the whole time he was gone. They were very, very close. And so it, it just being that separation, they were more fearful, I think, for his life. Actually, yeah. even though I'm like, it, it, he's going to be fine. Things are going to be fine. But that's where their mind went as little kids. You know, they were young. Right. So he comes back uh, and you guys start dealing with that. And again, the, the family's supportive the entire time. Tell me what you're seeing, sensing, feeling during that season as he comes back, what he needed, what you guys needed, what might have been missing that, you know, you guys needed to supply or find somewhere. Like talk through that transition because yeah. a lot of times families, you know, they have people they like they just don't know, and and I think a yeah. lot of this there's no road Me there's too. no roadmap on what to expect, and if people knew yeah. kind of what they're like like you know when you run a marathon people tell you hey you're going to hit a wall at this point so you know to expect it you're like okay okay well that comes up you're like yeah people told me this was going to happen you know there's also great things talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, and again, we don't know. Every human being is different. Everybody processes pain different. Everybody pro 
uh, processes, loneliness different. So for us, we just loved on him because there was, no, we were like, I don't know what he needs. He, he doesn't need, he doesn't need us was the thing. He did not need his physical, biological family. What he needed was his family that was still over in Camp Lejeune, all the guys that were still in his unit. And that's what we came to discover because finally he was just like, mom, it was months and months and months. He's like, mom, I'm just lonely. I miss, I miss, you know, I forget exactly what he called the guy, you know, the guys in his unit, but he missed them. He missed that. Yeah. That was his now family that we would never understand. Um, and it's not an insult to us. He loves us very, very deeply. You know, we're, we're still now a very tight knit family, right. family dinners every week and things like that. But at that time, for years later, he just missed the guys. And that's but all I wanted to want. see it that experienced that, or you know, like spouses that experience that now, or parents that experience that, siblings that experience that, need to realize it's not like a replacement for them. That camaraderie is an addition to, and, and it's just there's that shared experience. There, you're, you're not going to be able to replace that because you haven't been through it. And it's no. not that you're bad and those are good. It's that this is an additional relational network they now have. Yes. And I think a lot of times what I'm seeing is people take it personally. Like I'm not a good enough wife. I'm not a good enough mother. I'm lacking because they are missing what they didn't have. And it's not, it's, and like you said, it's not that at all. So like the biggest advice is you just love on love, 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 and understand because they are not trying to replace you. And I think when people start taking it personally, and then they start acting on those personal feelings, right. uh, you know, their ego takes over, right? Like, why isn't it me? And then you start fighting and you're feeling lack and all of these things. Then it creates this snowball of disaster, which leads to usually separation or someone having a breakdown or someone cheating or just nasty negative stuff. So if you can just like humble the, the, the family at home or the spouse at home or just humble yourself and really have that pure love and, and just be there. And you don't, you're not going to say the right thing. You're not going to have the words. All you have to do is listen and accept, which is very hard for humans. Okay, at some point you shift from just supporting your son to serving your son and other veterans. Talk to me about that transition, that shift, and then what you guys are doing now. Because you're podcasting, shooting video, you know, all sorts of things very regularly. Um, it happened, I think that was my actually my way of dealing with my son being away from me. Um that's how I handled it. I gave myself into that community. You know, I was part of every mother's, you know, mom's the Marine group out there. That's how it started. Yeah. And then it just kind of rippled. I just let God take me, whatever he put on my heart. I just let him take me and I just followed. And that's how I handled Jacob being away from me and then handled everything else. And it gave me a little inside knowledge, right? I was a little bit more prepared than the other Marine moms because I had surrounded myself in that community. And so then I was able to service them also, like with what I've learned or what I was going through, or what I saw, you know, met mostly men. Um, I don't know that many female veterans, but I do know a few. But I got to tell them what I was seeing. So it kind of like healed me along yeah. with helping that community. 
it, it's selfish. Completely selfish reasons, Andy. There's no other way to say it. Like completely selfish. Well, you probably see on that that the family really needs as much support during the deployment as the service member needs after employment. Does, yeah. Is, is that accurate? Does that seem to hold true, make sense? Yeah, I think for a large group of people, yes. Again, you have your rare nuggets that are five being alone and don't. You know, they internalize, they do it in their own way. But I would say the majority, especially the moms, <laughs> yes. Because we can go crazy. Where do you where do you where do you find those networks? Like somebody that's, you know, watching, listening right now. Where where would they go? Uh, and I'm, I'm going to put the links to all of your information down below to where they can find you. Um, but if they're so, you know they're in Oklahoma, they're in they're in Texas, they're in Tennessee or Virginia. Where, where where do they go to necessarily find the kind of support system that you were able to find? So I know they have they have stuff um, like you have a family readiness center and a guy and, and there's those things I'm, I'm sure every unit, not just like or every service, like not just the Marines have things like that. I didn't really get into it with what they service. It was mostly on social. You muted me right there or you're muted. I muted there we go. Myself. Hey, um, we just edited it out. <laughs> so. Oh, and now I can't hear you, of course. Okay, am I back? That's all right. We edit. Okay, totally cut that part out. That that was that, cut all that that you couldn't hear me. Anymore. I'm gonna use this for the intro. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the um, once you go into boot camp. You yeah. literally get on social media and you can be like Paris Island, you know, blah, 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 Echo Company, whatever it is. And there you are. You are completely connected. And, and I know like they have things um, connected through that stuff. But social media, I'm this is I, uh, one of the good things about social media, right? It can be used for negative and awful, evil destruction or it could be used for good. That's where I found all my um, my community was online. And now I still connect with my New Hampshire Marine, Marine Mom group. We have, um, we get together once a year, whoever can make it. We talk all the time. Oh, in you know, person. We've lost, we've lost boys. We've lost a son. We've, yeah. And we're still all a family. And, and how, how long has your son been, uh, how long has he been back? How long was it since he served? Um, well, so he's 28 and he probably oh. came back around 25 yeah. or 24. So, like years, so, so a couple of years later, y'all are still connecting. This isn't like six months. Or oh, yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit. Uh, let's get more specific about what you actually do now, um, because you're on social media a lot. You guys, I know, I know you've interviewed Bob, you know, the, the founder and, uh, yeah. head leader of Crosswinds. Uh, they got created, you know, this and all these documentaries that, that we do. Um, let's tell everybody a little bit about what you do and, and why yeah. they would want to follow and find some of the resources that you have available. So I have 
crazy amount of podcasts. I took a little, I, I personally moved my, all my, all my kids, including Jacob, um, he did something great. He bought like 40 acres out in Arizona and he's going to build self-sustaining homes and a place for veterans and connect with a bunch of nonprofits. He's like, I can't run a nonprofit, but I got land and they can use it. So he's kind of doing that, moved all out to Arizona. So I took a little um, snippet stop from what I've been doing just during this process, this moving process, because I'm a big believer. If you can't be a hundred percent, if I can't give all my heart and soul into something and I'm just going to half-ass it. I just need to take a little stop. It's okay. The world will go on without Danny Rocco every day in their face. But but I have a list of um, podcasts and um, I'm starting back up. I'm actually at the in Memphis at the VFW this weekend of servicemen. There are a couple of them are still active, but it's people, veterans doing amazing things or other people that are serving veterans doing amazing things of resources that are out there. So that's what I do. And it was all centered around how their life and love brought them to where they are today. So we have musicians, we have Bob, we have authors. I've, I've talked to, I've talked to the founder of Make-A-Wish. He's a great friend of mine, Frank, um, he passed away recently, but just veterans People serving the veteran community, how love has brought them to where they are. Because I all, um, I feel like sometimes we focus on the lack of love and the lack of what's wrong. And we just see in this moment and you don't see the ripple effect of all that maybe icky sludge that you go through. And if you can pull yourself out of it, great things are at the other end. So I kind of just tell that story, but all around love. So, so primarily you're talking with veterans or people that are serving veterans in some way. Uh, and I, I know you guys have talked to a lot of veterans. One of the primary things that we teach, you know, the, the whole warrior help curriculum is built around really two things. One is finding healing from the past. So there's unprocessed pain. It's got to be dealt with, whether it's from time in service or time from before service. Um, yeah. you know, service just compounds at work time after service. So that, that unprocessed pain has got to be dealt with so it can be healed. And then also, identifying the next mission. Like what, what is it that you're going to, at this point, give your life to, even if you're not wearing a uniform, what is the next thing? Um, give, give me like one or two of your favorite examples of men or women that you've interacted with that have gone on to do something that's really cool that probably nobody's heard about. That's, that's awesome. Ooh, that's a hard one because there are so many. Hi. You're pulling out my, pulling out my memory. One of, um, okay, there's one. So Ryan Hendrickson, he is um, Green Beret wrote Tip of the Spear. I met him and he just like, he is the funniest dude. He's like, look, I can't even barely put two sentences together. And one day he was, he had uh, been blown up and he, someone, I think it was actually, he was in church on base. And the pastor, someone said to him, just write it down. Just write it all down. And he ended up writing this book, Tip of the Spear. It's one of the, it, it is a great book about his story, about how he was, you know, um, I mean, he went from living in a tent when he was growing up, like having nothing to now yeah. this. And now he's all over the place. I'm so proud of him. I I, I forced him actually at the boondocks to come to his first book signing. His wife and him came 
incredible companies right now back um, in the Ukraine supporting them as a contractor. Like he's just an amazing man, but he just went from this pain, this pain of being blown up, this pain of, you know, having lack of feeling like he's just some stupid homeless kid, right? And this is my version of it. To now, just like out there, putting himself out there, still serving, still like, I just love it. I love his story and I love his book and I love the connection between, um, and talking about his faith. I love people that aren't scared to talk about, you know, God and Jesus and, and, and that, uh, I think we need more courage like that. So that's one big guy that I just think is, um, super cool human being. I'm going to put a link down to that in the show notes where people can find, uh, his resource. Also, I'm going to get your information down there below. You've got a book, don't you? A resource that people can find. I do. I do devote to um, a soldier. It's like in a, every chapter is a different story um, of a couple. Some have great endings. Some have tragic endings, but it takes different stages. So when a, a couple that started just, they're brand new, like brand new servicing Marines to ones that have lived through the whole thing and are now retiring, ones that are not together anymore. Um, so, and then it has, it has a little workbook because it's kind of like what you were talking about. If you don't have a mission, then where are you going to go when, when stuff hits the fan? You have no idea what you and your spouse believe in or what your values or core values are. What's going to happen? What's the name of the uh, resource? And, and like I said, you, you know, you have happy endings on some, not, not as ha- happy. Yeah, that's kind of the reality of life. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People, people need to see how do you how do you deal with both sides when you don't get the outcome that you uh, expected, but you still have the opportunity to move forward and build up from there. Uh, what is the name of the resource that you have there? So it's right in the book. So you get the stories and you kind of get the workbook and the resource, but it's devoted to a soldier devoted strengthening a soldier. the family. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, I'm going to put it all down there below. Uh, I appreciate you so much for hopping on and we're grateful for the work that you're doing up there. Uh, happy to ha- have you kind of connected in the family there um, and kind of all that hub that kind of started right there at the boondocks. Um, anything else that you want to add before we sign off anything that I haven't asked you that you want to say? Um no, you pretty much, you, you put me like right there in the shell. The best thing I can say is like, it's normal. You people, we are not fixing, we're not fixing each other with actions and ego. We are fixing each other just with love. We are healing each other with love. You're healing yourself. Um, my kind of, my thing is lead with love and it sounds so cliche maybe, but you will, when you have in the forefront of your mind, you realize how much you're not doing it and what the difference though your life makes when every action you make and thought you make is a loving one. It, it can change you. Hey, thank you so much. As a mom, you bring, you know, a great perspective to uh, the conversation. And in fact, I, I think on the podcast, you're, you're the first Marine mom we've actually interviewed. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, 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 so th- and, and I think, you know, honestly, we don't, we don't get that many women that we interview. Like we need to interview more because like, we're all guys. So we know guys. So there's yeah. An incredible wisdom and insight that that you bring to this whole mix as a female, as a mom, uh, as someone who's continuing to serve. Thank you so much, Danny. 
I appreciate you joining us on the Warrior Hope Podcast. So just as I do every single episode, I want to give you my three takeaways. These aren't all the takeaways. These are just some of the things that stood out to me, some of the hangers that I think you could set some of the information that you listen to upon. Number one is if the soldier is deployed, Danny said this so well, the family is also deployed. So if the family uh, has anybody that's gone anywhere in the military, the whole family, this, this makes sense, every single person in that family is affected. That leads me to this. Number two, she said this so well, soldiers need support when they return from deployment. So you think about it, when, when they're deployed, uh, the platoon, the squad, the people that they're with, that is their support system. Do they miss home? Absolutely. However, they are generally really busy walking it out with other people and, and focused on the task at hand. However, the family needs the support system while that soldier is away. And one of the things that she really said that's unique there is it kind of flips. Uh, when the soldier comes back from deployment, that's really when they need support. That's when the family can then offer it at an even higher level. Uh, but that family for sure needs the support while the soldier is away. Something to really think about that. Number three, final takeaway is this, create a family support system and be sure that you do it and build it larger than you think. Okay, so you think about right now, uh, it's just been tornado season in Alabama. When's the best time to build a structure, uh, a safe place for a tornado? It's before the storm comes. Uh, when is the best time to buy an umbrella? It's before it rains. When is the best time to build a family support system? It's really before you need it. And so if you think you might need it, build it. Uh, is it better to have a stronger tornado shelter? Yes. Is it better to have a bigger umbrella than what you think you need? Absolutely. Is it better to have a bigger family support structure than you think you might need? Sure. It's always better to build more in this kind of instances and build it before you need it. Okay. That's my my three takeaways. Thank you so much for joining me. Wherever you're listening, it would be helpful for us if you could like it, share it, subscribe it, send it off to other people. Let us know where you're listening or watching for uh, from. Remember, our mission is simply this. We want to connect veterans to their next mission. And the most common obstacles that we face are these. It's isolation and it's unresolved hurts. It's that past pain. Let's get through it together because you have a mission that matters. Your mission matters because you have a purpose. There are people that are going to be affected by you living out that mission. Those people include family, friends, fellow soldiers, fellow service members. In other words, it's the people, and I'm excited to show you this t-shirt in the next episode, uh, the people that had your six uh, and you had theirs in the past, they still have it. You still have that. I'm Andy Jenkins with Crosswinds Foundation for Faith and Culture. I'll see you in the next episode.